Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Heart Empowered Women Podcast. I am your hostess, Clarice Connolly, and I am really going to be stepping out on an adventure with this one today. Today, I'm going to bring a completely different perspective on something maybe I'm not actually the most empowered around. So this is going to be so fun. We're going to be speaking with Kat Eckrode around having outdoor adventures. And while you may be thinking maybe immediately the flashy activities uh, and the athleisure gear to wear and maybe some of the images that you've seen on magazines of the adventure type or the fit lifestyles, but I want to challenge you to listen a little bit deeper as we start to examine maybe what it takes mentally and emotionally to be able to do some outdoor activities and really have some perspectives from Kat and the personal experiences that she's had so that we could all be a little more empowered to get out there and seize and overcome some invisible hurdles that we have in our way or maybe didn't know that we have in our way. And as always, my intention is that you feel inspired to take one little tiny step towards a new adventure, a new possibility, maybe take a little seed and plant it and nurture it for the spring activities that you may have always wanted to try as we enter in to this wonderful winter. And without further ado, I would love to introduce you and welcome Kat to the episode. Hi, Clarice. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to share with your audience today. Yay! I noticed that I always open up with how excited I am because I'm a very excitable person, but I was like, I'm also a little nervous. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's exactly why I invited you on because, you know, it's, it's funny, be, I'm, I was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I probably lived there until I was about 10 and then I was raised in Pittsburgh. And I think that there was a thing that happened for me being born in a sunny, beachy place and then moved to, you know, a gray, dismal, you know, snow, cold environment. So I, I remember being a kid and being like, sled riding is stupid. Like, why would you take 20 <laughs> minutes to walk up a big hill and take 30 seconds to slide back down it and then keep doing it until you're so cold you can't even stand it? That's dumb. So I wasn't a very active person. I don't know that uh, my friends were very active either. I remember being a kid and just bicycling from sun up to sun down. Uh, and so when I think of outdoor adventure, I mean, honestly, uh, I moved to San Diego when, you know, for eight years and maybe the most outdoor 
outdoor adventure was my first hike and then I got heat stroke. So um, <laughs> I'm just like, I can't, I can't wait for you to share with us how to be more prepared. And, you know, and then maybe beaches that I hated sand. So I'm like, not until I moved to Portland that I was like, oh, I love waterfalls. I love hiking to waterfalls. I'm a very destinational hiker. There has to be mm. something I'm working towards. So when you talk about obstacles and overcoming those, I'm like, oh, girl, I think you're going to show me a lot more obstacles than I realized that I had. Um, and I can't wait. So how did you get started on this? How did you, you know, jump into this, you know, big outdoorsy adventure kind of person? Um, and let's just, you know, start to fall in love with you and kind of go from there. You know, it's so funny that you talk about, you remember bicycling all over the place as a kid, but then what was the point of sledding and going to the beach and you hate sand? And it's not until you ended up in Portland that you fell in love with like the destinational hiking. I relate to so much of what you just shared mm -hmm. because I was not outdoorsy growing up. Mm -hmm. I I did grow up in, in the region for those who are listening and are familiar with Portland. You know, I'm, I grew up in the Columbia River Gorge. I didn't know what I had in growing up with so much access to wild native forested lands because I wasn't super outdoorsy. I rode bikes with the neighborhood kids mm -hmm. and neighborhood for me because I was out in the middle of nowhere with like five other kids over a two mile stretch. Mm -hmm. And we beat a go sledding. We had a really good hill right next to us. But Same. As, as I got older and into teenage years, that interest in spending time outside didn't stay with me. It wasn't mm -hmm. playing outside anymore. Now I was more interested in games and movies and books. I was a total geek all through high school. Mm -hmm. And by the time I hit adulthood, I had lost all interest in spending time outside. I appreciated a pretty view, but that was about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, I think that that's, and that, that makes me kind of, I'm like, wow, I, it really, when you say that, I it really kind of evokes this like, I just didn't hang out with people that like to be outdoors. I, I don't know that I ever really found anyone until I moved to Portland and found that it's so much about the culture here. Yeah, it's really prevalent here. And it's we're in such a great spot for it. I've always appreciated the access we have to the mm -hmm. outdoors here, even while I wasn't taking advantage of it. I love spending a day at the mm -hmm. coast or you can drive to the mountains. I mean, it's, it's all relatively easy to get to regardless of what kind of landscape you like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there's a big difference between viewing it and being in it and experiencing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I'm, I, I'm always looking things through an emotional intelligence lens or an emotional lens. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, wow, at what point were we forced to grow up? You know, at what point right. did you say that you don't have time for being a kid anymore? And then all of those things go out to the, go out the window. And, you know, maybe it's also this self-discovery or this reclamation where you start to realize like, no, I enjoy being outdoors and demanding that you make space for it. So fascinating. So I imagine that I'm not alone in that. Absolutely not. And that's a big part of it for me as well. You know, as I said, I wasn't, I wasn't outdoorsy until just a few years ago. And that was, I was too busy being an adult. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to put in the hours at work. I had to pay the bills. I had the social interests. I also had my health that was completely, for me, 
out of control and that different people, wherever you're at in life, you know, that's going to mean different mm-hmm. things. But I was mm-hmm. overweight. I had asthma that didn't develop until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. I had really severe um, allergies to pollen. So mm-hmm. I point blank told people, oh, I'm just not even meant to be outdoors. I am mm-hmm. indoor only. Mm-hmm. And you're like an indoor so- cat. <laughs> <laughs> Ha ha ha. I did it. I did that. I did do that. <laughs> oh, that was funny. That was funny. I know. I couldn't help. I couldn't help it. Continue. <laughs> uh, so many people, though, related to my indoor cat persona. Mm-hmm. And so I not only had all of these things that in my mind told me I shouldn't be outdoors, mm-hmm. the people in my life backed that up. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. from having had those conversations, that's that's where a lot of people are at. Even where we're here and we are in the Northwest, we have so much access to so much easily. We also have that other story we tell ourselves. We're too busy. We have other responsibilities. And it's kind of ironic now that I can look backwards and see how much I denied myself that would have been so good for me had I started sooner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then again, starting when I did puts me where I am today. And and so I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I that's mm, mm, mm. I don't even so many thoughts just raced through my mind all at once. Um, I, I want I'm so curious, like, how did you overcome that? Right. Because I have so many friends um, that I've learned or listened to their like physical limitations. Oh, I have asthma. Oh, this body part hurts. Oh, this this is bad. This is bad. Um, you know, I, I, I stopped there because I'm not a doctor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's kind of this, like, you know, what would it look like to push you past that limitations? You know, I, I remember trying to be a runner initially in San Diego and, um, running with Nike free runs. And if anybody knows they have absolutely zero support. Um, and so every time I tried to run, my knees were, yelling at me. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm just not built for running. I was a swimmer mm-hmm. for 15 years. I'm not, I'm not a runner. And then when I went to like a running shoe store, they were like, girl, your ankle perniates or whatever rolls in. When you run, you need a massive amount of support in your shoes. And it, it's so, it's so crazy because how much of our limitation can we adjust? And then how much, you know, can we push through and how much do we just have to also like just surrender? We can't. So what did you need to be able to like, okay, I'm overweight, but this isn't going to stop me. Okay. I have asthma, but this won't stop me. Okay. I have allergies, but. It was really a big combination of factors. So Mm. I'll break it down to a couple because I could fill the whole episode with things. Mm. So a couple of big things that happened to me or for me, one was a big shift in environment. I, Mm. I purchased a new home with my partner. We've gotten to a new part of town and our new home had this has this great yard that attracts all these local birds. And it sparked or rekindled rather. It's, I've always had an interest in wildlife. All these birds caught my attention because I realized I had no idea what some of them were mm-hmm. and they were super common and I just hadn't been paying attention. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing for me. I love to learn I'm a total data geek. So having something new right in front of me to learn from my front Mm -hmm. yard Mm -hmm. gave me a little, a little piece of that catalyst. Mm -hmm. Some of the other pieces for me, and and they're going to vary for everyone, but I think there's some relatable aspects in here Mm -hmm. for, for a lot of people. 
you know, I've watched my mom struggle with her weight her whole life. And then here I was out of weight, out of shape and overweight. And I didn't want to have that same struggle in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I was just becoming more aware that it was going to be harder the longer I waited to do something about it. Mm -hmm. I hit a point where I was going to have to go up yet another size in clothing. Mm -hmm. And, and that really sparked some anger at myself. So I had the combination of, you know, the change in environment, not wanting to have this repeat struggle that I'd seen in my, not just my mom, but my mom's mom had Mm -hmm. had some pretty severe health problems that resulted in, in her life being shortened. Mm -hmm. I didn't want that path for me. And then to, to, also just physically be unhappy with myself. All of those things kind of happened at once for me mm-hmm. and, and gave me a little extra fuel. So I was able to harness them all at once and start doing just little things. When I first set out, I didn't, I didn't set out to be outdoorsy. I just set out to take better care of myself mm-hmm. and realizing how much I appreciated the outdoors gave me a snowball effect. I I enjoyed being outside. The birds were a nice introduction for me because I could watch them from my front window with my coffee. I didn't have to go anywhere. When I got more curious about them, well, then I suddenly I did have to go somewhere to see something new. Mm. And so Mm. I was able to start looking just within my radius from home and going just a little further and pushing myself a little more Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm going to be outside and we're in Portland, so the weather, depending on the season, you know, it's, it's either hot or it's raining or it's misty or, you know, take your pick. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a, uh, I really like to be comfortable and warm and dry. I know I'm not alone in that. No. So I started having to look into, okay, well, what do I need to carry with me in order to be comfortable, to stay warm, to stay dry? Mm-hmm. So now I'm carrying a camera because I like taking pictures, some binoculars, snacks, water, a raincoat. And I started learning about the gear I would need. And it just kept building up as I wanted to go further and see more things and keep fueling my interests. I discovered along the way that I also liked having all of this extra new information that let me go a little further and do things that I didn't think I could do before and pushing it just a little bit more. It wasn't huge leaps and bounds. It was just a little bit more at a time. And it was so fulfilling that I just kept pushing. And then I started to see impacts beyond my physical health getting better, which wasn't my main driver at first, but became a piece of the puzzle. I also started to see that I was happier. I felt Mm -hmm. better. I was less Mm -hmm. stressed. All these other benefits started coming in as well. And it really just kept adding more fuel to that fire to see what else could I do? Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you um, really break it down plain and simple because I'm like also listening for myself. And I hope as a listener that you are too, because I was thinking of my journey and I, (laughs) the only way that I was lured out of my house in San Diego was because my roommate, who's an avid hiker was like, do you want to go to hike to this waterfall? I'm like, Ooh, I like, I like waterfalls, you know, (laughs) I like, cool. I'll bring my 32 ounce bottle of warm water and let's go, you know, in the heat of July and 
was super ill prepared and that's how I ended up with heat exhaustion. But right. it's kind of what I hear is like, what brings you joy and go do yeah. that. It's like, I love waterfalls. I, that, you know, what a reward. And, you know, the thing that lured me back out of the house after never hiking again for four years after that heat exhaustion that terrified me was uh, photography. I love photography and I mm. love landscape. And, you know, I'm such a city girl and I always chose cityscapes. And then I got a glimpse of something that like wasn't a cityscape. And I was like, like, whoa, I could take a picture of this really cool thing if I would just walk there. Um, so it's kind of like, I, I like that you can break it down to like birds. Do you like birds? Like if you find your fascination with birds, how can you like honor that by practicing looking at them out the window and then maybe practicing looking at them in the neighborhood park and, you know, uh, that makes, that really breaks it down. Like what is the thing that you can incorporate that might be outside? Exactly. And we've got so much here. I mean, birds was great for me. I've always had an interest and that actually gave me opportunity, not just for that, but as I got out more, then I started paying more attention to the environment, certain things that are going to attract, you know, certain types of birds. So the types of trees that are around me, the, the wildflower blooms beyond those are pretty wildflowers because we do have some gorgeous flowers that especially in the spring are well-known, but paying attention year round the winter time. We have so many bright little bits of vegetation that are still left. It doesn't just go all brown and dead and being able to really observe and notice these things that how long have I been completely ignoring them? Mm-hmm. And, and so it's finding that thing that sparks your interest. And, if, and waterfalls is a great one in the Pacific Northwest. We have some amazing waterfalls. So you think and, you love waterfalls until you come here and then you're like, wow, I really love waterfalls. <laughs> seriously, some great ones. And it's finding that thing. That's one of my favorite things to share is finding that spark, finding that thing that gets you excited to go out and see it and just building it up. And it does have such a range nearby. You can drive to a waterfall. You can hike a quarter mile to a waterfall. You can go backpack for days to reach a waterfall. Just depends on where you are in your journey and how far you want to push at this point for you. Yeah. And I love that too, like the baby steps, because um, I think I remember like being a kid taking sunsets out my back porch. Mm. So if it's really just like, I want to be outside and maybe it's five minutes, maybe you want to be outside for the five minutes before the sun sets out your back door and practice setting an alarm doing that. Right. And then noticing maybe you want a different view, not just like the rooftops of the people, the houses around you. Um, maybe you can find a local park. Oh, so good. Thanks for making that so bite-sized and really what feels like attainable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the other piece that really, <laughs> and which is, this is amazing. Cause I've done this with you um, as someone who like, I relate so hard. I just feel like I have the worst allergies and I want to be someone who moves outside. It's like running. It's, it's nice outside. I want to see the town a little more. And I tried to practice being a little more of a runner. And then it just felt like my body just inhaled every article of pollen and every allergen that just (laughs) completely knocked me on my butt and got me sick for a week. And I wanted to run around with a little mask. Like, I don't, I even remember texting you being like, what am I supposed to wear to go running? Like, how do you learn what you need to wear to be able to go do outdoor things? 
Yeah. And I remember that conversation. And I so remember having my own conversation in turn a few years ago with a friend of mine when I, the first time I went running, I remember texting her and just being like, what am I even supposed to be doing? I don't know how where to wear. I don't know where to put my phone. I drove somewhere to run. And now what do I do with my keys? It was just confusing for me. And I was very fortunate to have this friend in my back pocket, even though she was on the other side of the country, she could give me some advice and some tips and moral support, which was definitely a key component. I happen to be particularly tenacious when I get something in my brain, I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. At this point, I kind of wish that I had kept track of how many hours I spent trying to figure out what I need to wear where I was going to get it, what was a good brand, because I did a ton of research to figure that out for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I did. I like to have all of that information. That's part of my personality style. But I also love being able to share that back with others so you don't have to invest all of that time and trial and error, and I can maybe shave some of that time off for you. Oh, so thank God. Cause I hate yeah, that. Right. Like I'm already like, listen, if I need to invest hours in this, I'm not going outside. That's fine. And that's, <laughs> that's a big obstacle for a lot of people. That's, I call them invisible hurdles. It's a mm. big thing. There are these invisible hurdles that exist in front of us. It's not necessarily always tangible. Sometimes they're pretty straightforward and have a solution. And sometimes they're a little bit more vague and harder to figure out. But time is one of the biggest obstacles people run into. And if this is going to take me time and I have all these other responsibilities in my life, then I'm not going to prioritize this. That's really where it lands for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that includes on the getting started. Uh, you mentioned with your your unfortunate heat exhaustion situation where you went out with you know your water bottle and that was it. And you were so unprepared. I've seen that time and again, and I've been that person. Mm-hmm. And I so want to save everybody from from having that because having the miserable experience kept you from going out for four more years. Yeah. And that's and that's the fascinating thing. Yes, I absolutely didn't realize I didn't learn like uh, is, you know, for someone that I identifies that I'm working through a lot of trust issues, um, it, like I trusted this person to tell me what's up, but at the mm-hmm. same time, she was so well practiced and her body was so in shape. And she also like did this regularly that her only bringing a 32 ounce bottle of water made sense for her. But for me, I was like, well, uh, I'm like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah. But I also mm-hmm. didn't ask, you, know, you don't know what you don't ask. I had no idea this was going to take four hours. I had no idea I should have packed a lunch. I had no idea that I was going to, you know, it was going to be 98 degrees out. I just literally just hopped in a car and was like, cool, waterfall, you know? <laughs> um, so fascinating. So ask questions. Whew, don't pull at me, for goodness sakes. And now I notice I'm like, I need to feel safe with the person. Have they done this hike before? Do they know where they're going? Like, how long am I going to be there? Like, now I'm like, I will pack all the snacks. I will be the mule. I will find a backpack. (laughs) So if you're that person, you know, cool. Do all those things that you need to feel safe again. And I also hear like, find a buddy that does this or loves this or, you know, that you can have join you who's the outdoorsy kind. Yeah, absolutely. And there are, that's another one of those invisible hurdles a lot of the time is, well, I don't know anybody to go with. Mm -hmm. And so there are so many different avenues to approach for that. But there's 
there's social media groups you can join. There's meetups groups. There's different outdoor organizations, depending Mm -hmm. on what your interest is that can help you to get out there and help you to find answers to those questions. That's that's also what I do. Mm. And I really think it's important to ask those questions, but if you don't know, then how do you even know which questions to ask? Mm-hmm. 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 And so I think that that's another one of those things. It's it's a multi-layered hurdle in that instance. You don't necessarily know where to start. You don't know which questions to ask. And as you start to dig, it can potentially get confusing if it's all new to you. Some of it's really straightforward and easy. And my my goal is really for it to all be straightforward and easy because if you can figure out what it is that fuels you mm-hmm. and feel comfortable and confident while you're out there, you're going to have a great time. And if you have a great time, you're going to want to do it again. And you'll be that much more confident than you were the last time and that much more prepared. Mm-hmm. And it really just continues to build. I love that so much. What are some of the other like invisible hurdles that you've experienced or that you like to educate people around? Well, there's another piece to the time issue. So there's the, if it's going to take me this much time, I don't have that to invest. The other, the other piece that goes along with that is I don't have time to get out there in the first place, but I want to schedule it, put it in your calendar, make it a thing. That's, Mm -hmm. that's probably the most universal is just have it be a commitment to yourself or a commitment to you and whomever you're going with. Because it's really easy, especially if you need to get somewhere to go outdoors to say, you know, I don't want to get up that early in my day off or you know, I don't want to have to drive that far. But if it's in your calendar, if you've committed to it as a scheduled thing, that's going to help you get past that hurdle so much more easily. Mm-hmm. And once you're out there, I almost guarantee you won't be sorry you did it. I say almost because mm-hmm. I can't guarantee everything for everyone. Right. But once you're out there, you're going to be so glad you made that trip. Mm. Yeah, it's literally just sometimes feels like the getting out there. That's like the hardest part. It, it is. It's, it can be definitely a struggle. I still face that sometimes too. You know, my bed is warm and comfy. I don't want to get up. But it's cold outside. It, it is cold outside. outside. <laughs> but once I'm out there, I love being out at sunrise. And yeah. I've never regretted a sunrise. It's like, you'll thank yourself later. Your future self already says thanks. Exactly. So what are some of the like growth experience, uh, growth experiences or growth opportunities that you've had um, while being outdoors or that you've experienced because you chose to take you outside? An adventure. So, <laughs> <laughs> so confidence, I, I know I've already mentioned it a couple of times, is a big one. When I first started getting outdoors, it wasn't just my own confidence, but the confidence of people around me in my in my abilities grew over time. It started out with, and this plays into those hurdles as well. You know, what am I doing? I'm not really sure. Am I doing this right? And I had that reflected back at me as well. What are you doing? How do you know? And when I realized that I could answer those questions, whether I was asking them or someone was asking me, my confidence started to just 
grow exponentially because, well, if I figured this out, I can definitely figure out the next step. And that not only increased my own internal confidence, but I had a lot of confidence of those around me in me come up as well. And at the time I was working in a corporate job and had a a good sized team reporting to me. And as I shared what I was doing in my personal life and getting into the outdoors and increasing my skills, I could see even in that very different set of relationships, their increased confidence as I could share that I had gone through these things. And it was a really different experience to have and, and really pretty awesome to have it reflected back at me. Mm. Along with the confidence building, problem solving is a big one. You don't know what you're going to run into. And when you're three miles in on a trail and you have to figure out how you're going to navigate an obstacle, you just think on your feet. And it's different than at the office, at work, or at home with the family. Maybe you've got to figure it out, but you're, you're in an environment that provides a lot of options. Whereas if you're out in the outdoors and you're coming up to an obstacle, you've got more limited options. It really streamlines that problem-solving thinking. Mm. And I found that that started coming back off of the trail with me as well. How fascinating. That has, um, it's so, I knew that this is how this was going to go for me. So I'm I'm just going to ride this wave. Um, Yeah, and I'm just like, not argumentative. I'm just kind of having like, I remember um, I'm a leader in so many places. Getting lost is like one of my biggest fears. And I remember leading my way out of a hike and getting lost and it was hot and we were so confused and just thought it was just around the corner. And um, it's actually really now that I'm saying it out loud, so metaphorical for (laughs) a lot of the way that I am. Like I love to fight the, I, I'm a micro person. I love to like focus on the micro of it. And occasionally I pick my head up and just view the macro, like bigger vision of like what this is all in service of. And as a hiker, if I don't <laughs> look at the ground, I'm going to trip and eat shit. Like, yep. and I, you know, I think that I forgot to look and pick my head up more frequently to notice what direction I was actually going in. Um, so now when I get on a trail, I like need to know where I'm going. I am terrified of getting lost. I started to get anxious if I do like, and it's yeah. a real thing. I'm like, Oh gosh, I, I hear this is great where I'm like not afraid to get lost in a lot of other places. But when it comes to like travel and driving a car, even I am like, I need to know where I'm going. <laughs> My like yeah. control will overstomp everything that you just said. And I don't even know what you said, but I'm like, uh-uh, no, listen, <laughs> I can't apply that one outside of hiking. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And that was actually, that's another one of those obstacles that I ran into a lot. <laughs> one of those hurdles was, well, what if you get lost? Mm-hmm. Well, there are tools at your disposal and it's learning to use those tools and being becoming more confident, but there's also a little cheat. You start with navigating someplace you would have to try to get lost. Oh Pick. God, I'm I Pick. can't. I'm so. Oh, much. you can, you can. <laughs> I have faith in you. <laughs> Listen, uh, if you need to have cat in your back pocket because you want to find um, how to get your way out of a thing, we'll g- totally give you a link to find her. You can have her on speed dial. There's a lot of social medias in the in the in the uh, link that we'll have, so you can just find her anywhere. Um, 
I have her as phone number or contact. I feel very reassured now that I can do whatever I want. I just, no, I don't want to. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm, listen, I need a beaten path. Um, I love it. Thanks for being so playful and fun with me um, as I poke buttons and you poke mine. Um, cause I hear like there is such a mental and emotional growth opportunity inside of this for me, not just the physical, right? Because a lot of the times I'm like, okay, how hard is it? Okay. How hard mm-hmm. or how, um, you know, very well practices the person I'm going with. Am I going to be so ashamed because I can't scoot my butt up this hill? Um, you know, or is my partner that I'm going with equally is a little out of shape as me and then I'll be fine. It's so much more mental than it feels like physical as we're talking. What are you doing? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, it really, it really is a mental game. A lot of it is. And I've been the person that can't hike up the hill. Mm-hmm. I started not able to climb a flight of stairs without losing my breath and needing to catch it at the top. Mm-hmm. So I've absolutely been that person. I'm so proud of myself for pushing as hard as I have to get to where I am, but I haven't forgotten what that feels like either. And it's so important to me to empower people where they are at in their own journey Mm -hmm. to take the next step that's right for them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if we need to take you out to a little city park here, Clarice, (laughs) and a trail where you can see streets on all four sides so you absolutely (laughs) can't get lost, we'll, we'll get you feeling better about it. So good. Listen, as long as the path is very well beaten and it's like, you know what I mean? It's the bully proof. I'm, I'm in, (laughs) or at least, you know, someone knows how to go there. I mean, it's, it's fascinating because I can, um, it's such a interesting experience to just say these things out loud and then just kind of like almost hear myself simultaneously. And it's like, you know, maybe, maybe that being lost or fear of being lost is sort of my like level nine, 10. Right. But Mm -hmm. I, in so many ways have pushed through the, um, you know, I went on a hike and it was raining and every part of me was like, it's raining, but I'm like, no, I want to be a true Pacific Northwesterner and I'm going to go out in the rain and I get out there and I'm like, this is so cool. You know, it's just a really, um, challenging thing to push back the raindrops dripping on your forehead and then your clothes eventually becoming saturated and you totally slipping into a flash flood puddle. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I can push past those weird things, but lost, like it takes me a couple more practices of going out and finding a hike that's a little less, um, you know, beaten down and a little more critical thinking. Um, and, I think also too, I hear in that, in a lot of what you've been pointing to is, you know, trusting who you go with, you know, trusting that you're able to collaboratively think together that maybe if you're afraid of getting lost, this person's a better navigator. And maybe if they're, you know, not great at remembering to pack snacks, you're the pack, you're the pack mule, you know? Um, And so I think that that's really cool in a, in a perspective shift that I haven't actually thought about. Yeah, it's, it's really important to know where you're at, know where the other members of your party are at. I don't just mean physically, like where their skills are at, what their strengths are and how you can complement and support one another. It's so important and not just safety and all the really practical reasons, but having a good time. If you're, if you're going to be out there, you want to enjoy it, whatever your goal is, you want to achieve it. So making sure you can support each other towards those ends. Mm. 
I love that. I met a new friend and we both shared this common, like we'd never been to this hike before. And I was like, let's just go. Like, I don't even remember how we met, but maybe it was the second time we ever hung out and it was a like four and a half hour hike. And I think halfway through, we both were pretty clear. We like hated each other. And I just remember being like, wow, never do this again, ever. Like, uh, and you know, I think that that's a whole nother, if we're talking about obstacles, it's like, how do you, you know, make with what life throws at you on this track? Um, you know, and instead of just making it awful, because we, you know, drove together, it, it was just kind of like, all right, cool. Do we just hike silently? Like, it's clear we're on very different paths of, of you know, life and like, that's okay. Um, and I also think of some of the other ways that, you know, life can throw you something, a little curveball on your hike or, you know, adventure. Um, and what do you want to do about it? How do you want to be about it? And I think what I want to also do is kind of switch gears. Cause I know I keep bringing up hiking because clearly I have <laughs> some trauma, um, <laughs> like traumas. Um, and I totally knew this was coming. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to be as empowered around this. Um, but there are not, there are so many other adventures that are just not just hiking, right? So when we yeah. talk about how to be more of an adventure kind, you know, what are some other things that we could take on or are there some other ways for, you know, those such as myself struggling to get out on a trail? Right. And I think that's one of the important things to keep in mind, right? People think outdoor adventure and my, my experience is that what mostly comes to mind for people is hiking, mountain climbing, maybe dirt bikes, and maybe like rafting you know, mm-hmm. whitewater rafting. So you hear the word adventure and you go to an extreme level of difficulty. And there's so much else you can do. And hiking kind of takes several different formats. There's relatively flat, really super well-maintained trails up to bushwhacking your way through the backcountry and you're navigating and route finding. And, you know, there's just so much in between those two extremes that can fit your own certain path of your own certain stage of where you're at and what you would actually enjoy. We're not going to send Clarice out into the middle of nowhere with a compass. Drop me off and take me up in three days. Ah. Find North, go 100 miles. We'll see you there. Um, But, but there are some other formats, right? For some folks getting out for adventure incorporates hiking to get to a destination and then experiencing that destination I know folks who enjoy watercolor landscapes Mm. and they carry all their supplies with them. So for them, adventure isn't so much the hike itself. It's the hikes, the mode of transportation to get to the destination, to have the adventure of painting a mountain ridgeline at sunset in real time. Mm. Mm. And so there's a creativity that comes into it. I know people who like to use their time in the outdoors as a way to spur creativity, not just painting, but for writing, poetry, and other creative pursuits, just as a way to get get the blood flowing, get the creative juices going. There's, in addition to the ultra extreme whitewater rafting, you can also go for a nice, calm canoe or kayak Mm. on, we have so many water raids around the Pacific Northwest. You can go on a lake where it's relatively calm and still 
or you can go something a little bit more adventurous. We've got a ton of rivers. There are so many different venues that can hook you up with gear and guides to help you feel safe and comfortable in what you choose. Mm -hmm. Uh, For myself, I'm looking to do kayaking up in the Puget Sound this coming up year is one of my goals. So it's, you know, that's where I'm at in my comfort level. But I have also gone kayaking around a nice, calm, non-windy river where I could move at my own pace and get comfortable. And that was fantastic at the time. Mm. Stand-up paddle boarding is another great water adventure method that Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily as extreme. Uh, Although I did, I'll admit, I did fall in the water when I tried it. Nah. Um, do not mix bird watching and stand up paddle boarding oh, when you're out there whoops. for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so funny because, uh, again, I like aspire to be more outdoorsy and I, you know, 2020 is definitely a year of way more physical movement for me. And, um, every time you bring up another thing, I'm like, okay, your girl over here gets seasick like nobody's business. And I've fed so many fish thinking that I could kayak on the ocean. That's just (laughs) not me. I can't do it. I can't do it. So I love that. I'm like, here's another limitation. Here's another excuse I got. Um, but what I, you know, to gain some like brownie points or, um, this did not seem like a total loaf. I think the (laughs) thing that, um, I realized really inspired me was snowboarding. There you go. I didn't actually, um, like obviously snow, as I mentioned in the beginning of the hour, I didn't like snow. I hated it. I hated it. And it wasn't until I lived in San Diego that someone was like, let's go to big bear. And, um, we went to big bear and it was like 70 degrees and sunny and you hardly had to wear any clothes. And I just was like, this is perfect. Like this couldn't be more perfect. It's sunny and you can snowboard. Like I was hot. There was no cold. Yeah. You know, and um, the first time I went, I there was no language. Like uh, the individuals that I were with didn't really know how to explain how to snowboard. So I think that I just ate a lot of shit. <laughs> and then for God knows whatever reason was like, I actually really liked that. I'll take two shots and I'm going again. You know, um, and every season I go at least two or three times. And what you kind of mentioned in, in the beginning is sort of like these adventure goals. And it was like, every time I went snowboarding, I was like, okay, I'm going to like nail falling leaf. I'm going to be like the best falling leaf a million times on this mountain. And then I like, I had this like, okay, this time, this season, I'm going to find my heel and I'm going to like heel side. And then the season after that was like, I'm going to figure out whether I'm left foot forward or goofy foot. And, you know, and then last season I found my toe side and now I'm like, what? All the turns, all the pivots. Um, so it's really helpful to set these goals and I hear, um, I don't know why I decided that this is the thing that I'm going to keep going, but it's crazy because it's kind of this funny, uh, experience for me every time I do it, when I'm way too in my head, I eat shit every time I like think too hard about it. And then I like hit a divot or I tip too far forward or back and then I'm down. But then when I stop thinking about it and I just sort of get in my body and just feel the snow and feel the curves and the, you know, everything else, it's like, I do so good. And so for me, a lot of my practice or a lot of the things that I want to work on in life is to getting out of my head and in my body. And, um, I think I just answered my own question. (laughs) (laughs) Love when I do that. Um, it's fascinating because I really enjoy that. I also hate 
cold. So I normally go springboarding. And then I think the more people I've shared that with, the more I found people that like to go. So, you know, meet yourself where you are. Mm -hmm. Notice what it is that you like, right? If you're a person who's always in their head, you know, maybe your adventure is to find outdoor yoga you know, yeah. it is to find some sort of sport that you can be more in your body swimming, oh, swimming, right. Um, or as little as, you know, outdoor speed walking or, I mean, it even, listen, I'm going to out myself hardcore here. I even hate walking my dog. Like I'm like, oh, walking in circles is so ridiculous. There's no destination. When I have a destination, like the grocery store, I'm like, yeah, let's go, buddy. We're doing it. We're going to the we're going to the grocery store, walking around the block. I'm like, all right, my destination is your poop out of your hole. Let's go. Let's get, come on, let's make this happen. I'm ready. Um, and it's so funny. I just want to laugh at myself because that's amazing. Well, it's all about perspective, <laughs> right? And I love the level of awareness that you had through all of that. Like you discovered that with the snowboarding, when you found the right location that worked for you, it had your interest and then you broke it down and you set yourself a goal every season. And, you know, when it comes to walking around the neighborhood, it's pointless for you. You don't have a destination or a goal in mind. Mm -hmm. The goal that you do have isn't self-serving for you. Mm -hmm. So it's finding that way that you can turn it into something that does do you some good for me. Cause I'll be honest, walking the dogs, I have three of them. So walking the dogs is an essential activity in my household it could be done far more often than it is. And they would all appreciate it. I'll, I'll out myself right along with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if I incorporate that into one of my other goals and it's not its own standalone thing, that doesn't completely eliminate the, the feeling that it's pointless some days, mm. but it adds to it. So if instead of, I need to go walk the dogs, it's okay. I'm going to go walk the dogs. But that's part of my warm up because I also need to go do this cardio workout today. So I'm going to walk them for a mile. Then I'm going to do my cardio or maybe I'll split it up and I'll do one or two of the dogs before and one or two after. So it's my cool, cool down as well. Mm. Now it's not just a pointless activity. Now it's a part of my bigger goal for getting out and and doing my cardio training and the cardio training attaches to one of my other goals and having that bigger long-term goal out there ahead of me but also these smaller components that are doable mm-hmm. on a more consistent basis to keep the traction and the motivation built up. It's, it's so important. So take that dog walk, find that bigger goal, you know, springboarding, maybe being in shape for springboarding. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, need, you can't just wait until the season yeah. or you're, <laughs> you, you can. Start but, right now, kids. Exactly. So take that and attach it to that bigger long-term goal. I know I want to be in shape for this. So I'm going to walk the dog every day this distance because that's going to feed into my ability to be ready at this point. Mm, That's so good. And I love that it's come full circle because, you know, and maybe you're me, right? Maybe you can hear yourself in me and what I'm saying. So if we're talking about hiking and you're like, nope, 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 here's all the excuses, here's all the reasons, here's all the experiences, right? And then, you know, what is your thing? Maybe it was bird watching. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's kayaking. Maybe it's snowboarding, right? Like I'm way more empowered around snowboarding, even though, you know, it kind of beats you up a little bit, but I'm into it. Like I'm super into it. I bought my own board. I have my own gear. Um, and I, your girl marched herself to REI and was like, what do I need? Like mm-hmm. you tell me, I don't know. So 
I love that. And you know, what is it for you? And it doesn't need to be this extreme thing. It doesn't need to be, I mean, it could be outdoor Frisbee. It could be absolutely putt putt, you know, um, there's a, you can make anything an adventure, um, just as long as you're connected and, and, you know, what do you need to get connected? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's the most important part. It, and you touched on it in the introduction, you know, it's not the flashy things that you see on the pages of the outdoor catalog. It's so much more and it's what fits you and your life and your ambitions and mm-hmm. not trying to make yourself fit into that advertisement. Mm. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> and notice if you do, I remember like trying yoga and I was in this like <laughs> suburban neighborhood of very wealthy, maybe stay at home moms, question mark. I don't really know, but everybody was wearing Lululemon. And I felt like the pudgy kid in the back that was like wearing her Target <laughs> yep. gear. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to get some Lululemon. Okay. Maybe I need to fit in a little more. And maybe you do. And maybe you do need that for the first couple of months. And then you realize actually I'm don't need that. Right. So it's, it's totally, I um, like want to honor you no matter where you are. If your Lululemons are your power cloak and you feel like a super woman, <laughs> badass. Yeah. Cool. Own it. Um, yes. And then notice when it drifts away and when you don't need it anymore. Um, ah, so good. There's so much here. I'm so grateful. So you, how, how do you, what do you do? You, you offer people this opportunity to have someone to chat with, like, let's talk about like how they can get involved with you, how they can follow you um, and, and what kind of resource you are. Yeah, absolutely. So acknowledging kind of my own journey. I didn't start out all outdoorsy. I figured this all out as an adult. I largely figured it out on my own or with an online community um, just to kind of be my support because I didn't have an in-person resource. And I really want to be that resource for people myself. So I've got a few different ways in which you can connect with me that will help you where you're at now. Um, if you are local to the Portland area, once a month, I hold an event called Oak Nights. That is an opportunity to meet other like-minded people who are interested in different styles of outdoor adventures. And we talk about a different specific topic. It changes every month and also share just some of our own bits of knowledge about what we're up to in the outdoors to help educate and inspire one another. If you want to go a little deeper I host workshops. Um, We'll make sure that the link's available for the website, but I host workshops either in person here in Portland or online. So if you're not local to the area and want to get involved, I can introduce you to some outdoor basics, get you started. And if you're looking for something a little more one-on-one customizable, I do one-on-one consultations, whether it's, hey, I just need some help with my gear, making sure I'm dialed in. I need help with itinerary planning, like Clarice. I don't want to get lost wandering out in the woods Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and need to make sure I've got that dialed in. Or if you want a more customized approach, I do one-on-one coaching over a series to to get you built up towards a specific goal. Mm -mm. Yes, I can vouch for like, and you're also so safe and compassionate and like understanding about it. I think that that was the part that stood out was, I think it felt very embarrassed of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to wear running. And just to like reach out to you, knowing that you're so active, knowing that this is your world and your business and 
um, just the way that you just were so soft and helpful just made such a difference for me because I think that there's this judgment that running should physically be natural when it's not. I've been a swimmer. My body's like, what is running? And that, you know, what you need is feels like you also should know when in fact, like I didn't and I got sick. So um, thanks for being so safe and like empathetic and so um like no judge, like a, a judgment free zone. I don't even know how to explain it, but you really helped me when I felt super embarrassed and dumb for being like, I don't, what do, what do people, what do people run in? People run, well, what do I need? So thanks. I'm so glad. Absolutely. I'm so glad I could create that space for you because I've, I've been that person too. I felt like I should know this stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't. And mm-hmm. asking was so hard. So Thank you yeah. for in, sharing that. Oh, and you're such a resource too, because if you would have told me to go online and find like runner's gear, I mean, Amazon has a million and one things. You go on Patagonia, you go on any of these like local stores and you support local people. And it's like, like it's, it's overwhelming. It's like, it is obstacle. overwhelming. And you really remove that obstacle for people by being available and offering and doing what you're doing. Um, so thanks for that. I mean, that's huge. And like, I love that it's not just about physical benefits. It's about the mental and emotional. And we all know that we could use or benefit a little bit more from some more connection, outdoor, nature, love, you know, reward, celebratory, you know, actions that that make (laughs) us feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's been such a wonderful hour. Thank you so much, Kat. You can find her um, on her website, the OA Kind. I assume outdoor adventure kind. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Great. You can email her personally, Kat at the OA Kind.com. Um, T-H-E-O-A-K-I-N-D, just in case I'm not clear. You can also find her on LinkedIn, um, forward slash company, forward slash the OA kind, Facebook, the forward slash kind, Twitter, and Instagram. Please feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Oh, I can put a seal of trust and, you know, ensure you that she is a safe place in person to reach out to. Um, Trust me, I've been there, please. Thank you so much. Please listen, like, follow, um, and and get involved and and really meet yourself where you are. And I hope that there's some piece in here that spoke to where you are in your journey that illuminated the next little tiny step to take or um, evoked some sort of possibility for you, whether it be switching gears and trying a new sport, a new thing, a new adventure. Uh, I hope I hope that you can walk with away with something and feel inspired to do it. 